Hi and welcome to another episode of Up Next. This is your host, Ayy Murtadam, and today I'm joined by published author, writer, and mental health advocate, Omar al Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So, hi Omar and welcome to Up Next. Hi Ali, thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. Thank you for being on Honesty. I love all the work that you do and what you stand for. So why don't we get right into this episode by you telling us a bit more about the work that you do as a writer and as a mental health advocate. Thank you so much. Um, so I've been a writer for as early as I can remember, whether it was throughout school or um, my, for my personal pursuits. Um, I've always been into uh, writing, journaling, reading, whether it's books or poetry, and they've all played a very big role into shaping uh, my character and my personality. And I would say my modes of expression. Um, but as let's say when I turned 15, did I actually consider um, writing uh, more professionally? So when I was 15, that was what a lifetime ago, about eight, six years ago, I started write eight, nine years ago. I'm bad in math, that's why I'm a writer. Uh, so I started uh, writing for Sale e-magazine. It's um, an online magazine, the first online magazine in the UAE. It was started by Iman bin Sheba. I think uh, they're at their 10th or 11th year uh, this year. They're going to turn 11 this year, actually. Um, it started off um, in order to fill a gap uh, in the market, the gap that is not having much content written by Emiratis. So they're... Um, so their goal is to publish um, articles in English by Emirati so that like the foreign population or the expats living here um, can have um, an understanding of the attitudes, the beliefs, the opinions of um, Emiratis. Um, so I've been writing for them, let's say, throughout my high school year, my high school years, um, moving on to university. Um, I've been very preoccupied with my academic writing, so that kind of stopped. Um, but at the same time, when writing for me stopped um, as a publish um, as a um, um, a columnist for sale, um, I saw myself diverge into mental health advocacy, and through my interest and passion for mental health, did my uh, did my passion and writing come in a new form, and that would be and that would be through writing articles about mental health, and I would say that came in two stages. Firstly, um, our editor-in-chief, Iman bin Sheba, um, was selected as the Rosalind Carter Fellow for Mental Health Journalism in the UAE. That was around two or three years ago. And that's where she hired myself and my colleague, Ali Al-Hizami, to act as her research assistants and also publish pieces of our own within um, that fellowship's umbrella. Um, through that, we very much invested into the mental health landscape of the youth in the UAE, where we spoke about depression, academic anxiety, um, marriage, so on and so forth, what the stigma means, etc. Uh, moving forward, I found myself to be more vocal about mental health. Um, it kind of came as a shock to me, um, not because of the stigma and the impact that it has, but it also because of the, through my increased awareness of mental health matters, did my own self-awareness in that regard grow uh, in the sense that I learned more about myself. I learned more about what I was going through. Uh, many of what uh, I did not understand back then. 
Um, so I would say that fellowship really helped me both progress my, my writing and my individual mental health. Moving forward this year, I would say that around this time last year, I was appointed as the UAE Fellow for Mental Health Journalism at the Carter Center for, uh, for the past year, um, where my focus of, of my journalism was uh, practically similar to what I was writing on earlier um, um, under Iman bin Sheba, uh, the youth mental health landscape in the UAE. Um, through that, many opportunities came, among which um, was becoming uh, a member at With Hope, which is one of the first uh, mental health advocacy groups in the UAE. Wow, that's absolutely incredible. And, you know, now you started um, your journey with diverging your writing and your journalism towards mental health and advocating for mental health. Did you always see yourself going down this path or... Was there kind of a turning moment that made you realize that this is something that needs more attention or something that needs more awareness about? Um, I wouldn't say I never saw myself in this path. Um, I've always knew, uh, I've always known myself to be a campaigner, um, and I'm using this particular word because of um, the 16 personalities test. Um, if you're familiar with it, the Bridget Bridget Myers test. Um, the personality combination I came with, I believe it was ENFJT, which is a campaigner, and that's exactly what I'm doing right now, except that I never saw myself in this particular field, mental health, and um, I never expected it one bit, but I'm so happy for all the coincidences that brought me here because it's um, a, to a topic and a matter that is so important that needs us to shed more light on and I'm so proud of the progress that we've made as a society and as a people um, when it comes to this topic. Definitely. Like this topic, uh, I feel like there is still stigma around it. The topic is still not as spoken. Uh, we don't speak about it as much as we should. But especially a lot of people from the youth community are talking more about it and in the region. Uh, like, for example, on the podcast, I've had um, Nazifa bin Haydar, the founder of Mental Health AE, and Omaya Michelle, the founder of Aware AE. So there are a lot of new outlets that are specified solely for this purpose. And people are speaking about it because, you know, take it back five, ten years ago. It wasn't it was nowhere near what it was now. You know, even our generation, we were suffering from it in silence. You know, we never we were never educated about it because I always feel like with raising awareness like you do and like everyone else in that field does. It's one thing to talk about, you know, the things that you should do and say, but the most important thing is education because this is the, the most important block that you have to build on. So when the patient or the person going through it is educated about it and then those around them are also educated, then you can actually tackle it and fix it long term not just short run instead of like putting a bandage on someone rather than just fixing the entire way of fit uh approaching someone suffering from mental illness and definitely um you actually brought uh, brought up um, a very important uh, point um you you mentioned uh mental health ae and care minded i just want to take this opportunity uh to uh, you mentioned, sorry, you mentioned the uh, mental health AE and AWARE. Um, I just wanted to take this opportunity to mention how proud I am both as myself and as a member of With Hope for all the different um, entities and organizations and startups that have risen to the challenge to um, 
fill the gap um, in the landscape of mental health in the UAE, whether it's Mental Health AE or Aware or Peer Minded or many of the other initiatives that we're hearing about. At the end of the day, we're all here together to meet uh, a common purpose. 1000%, honestly, this is very great. And it's even better to see people from the youth community speaking up and taking action even at such a young age. And, you know, we're talking about the stigma and everything. Something that comes a lot, um, especially when you start something like this, and this is a question that I'd also asked to Umayya and Latifa and I had them on. What were the reactions of people around you and when people that, you know, be it friends, family and all, when you start to pursue this path of mental health? Because it's not a familiar path, to say the least. And in a way or two, you can think of it as a, unfortunately, you can think of it as a controversial path. Um, I had mixed reactions um, when I started writing for mental health. Um, and the mixed reactions, I would say they're not based on judgment or, um, or hatred or whatever. They're based, on, based in fear. In the sense that when people talk about mental illness, the first thing that comes to their mind is not necessarily depression or anxiety, but rather schizophrenia or borderline personality disorder or uh, or um, many other extreme cases of mental health conditions um, and there is not that the, the perception that it is something that can touch all of our lives whether in big doses or small doses is not necessarily there and that's what makes people scared so let's say let's say if you if you would say um, that you'd um, You'd, uh, you'd like to support the mental health community in whichever country you're in. Or let's say in the UAE, for example. It wouldn't come in the sense that it wouldn't be perceived as you're doing something to help every single individual in the, in the community. But rather it would be perceived as, and I hate using this word, but I'll just use it because it's what people say. Um, you're, 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 you're going to be dealing with crazy people and they will impact you and all of that stuff but at the end of the day despite the fact that well let's let's not use this word we shouldn't but even if we were so what the, we need them and they need us exactly and you know uh, this is also something that latifa bin hidar said she said that whenever she dealt with people and whenever they would go out and talk to people, they would think that mental health is being sent to a mental hospital. But it's not like that. I always give the analogy of think of it as you have a leg injury, right? You're not going to sit at home and pray that it gets better. You're not going to sit at home and avoid it or try to run on a broken leg. You're going to go to the doctor and the doctor Definitely. might not necessarily throw you into surgery, right? Or uh, tell you, no, you can't exercise for five years. There are so many different things that can happen. There are so many approaches. It is medicine. There's physical health and there's mental health. And they are both, the, like, you, your body needs both. The, you can't say one is more important than the other. Definitely, it is. And I always think that as humans, we're, we're mind, we're body, we're soul, and we're heart. And we have to take care of every single aspect of it. If we invest too much into our bodies, we're going to be disinvesting in the other aspect of our lives, and uh, they're equally as important. 
Absolutely. And you know, now you as a mental health advocate, you advocate through two different mediums. First, as a writer, like you mentioned earlier, um, as a fellow for the Carter Center. And you also do that by being a part of an organization. I think you just mentioned that it's called With Hope. So why don't you tell us a bit more about the work that you do with them and the work that the organization does in general? So the organization was founded several years back um, by Ahmed Zarauni, Fatma Musa, um, and several others. Um, they've been doing incredible work throughout the past years. Um, they have, an, let, I would say they distribute their awareness into several uh, several different uh, pillars, um, their, uh, their advocacy, I mean. So they have one pillar that um, is very much about spreading awareness um, about mental health. And they do that through um, several campaigns. The one that would come to your mind most definitely is the Red Balloons. It's um, sharing the stories of people's mental health um, experiences um, through the red balloons. And they, and we, they use the red balloon because it symbolizes hope, um, a better tomorrow, um, and all of that. They also, um, as with hope, they also conduct workshops with um, different entities uh, by bringing in experts to talk about um, relevant topics that, um, that are requested by those entities. So, for example, dealing with occupational burnout or stress, so on and so forth. Um, well, I don't have any numbers and statistics, but the past couple of years, the numbers of partners that we have, the numbers of workshops that we conduct, the numbers of awareness uh, campaigns that we conduct uh, are just getting better. This year, we actually launched um, the Aql podcast by With Hope, um, where where we where we have interviewed uh, several um, several key figures in the mental health landscape. Um, that podcast is available on Spotify, on the podcast app, and your your favorite podcast app. So, um, ever since it started, we have interviewed Her Excellency Shamal Mazroui, the Minister of State for Youth Affairs. We are really trying to target the the local community, whether it's um, Emiratis or expatriates, the UAE community. I mean. Uh, in the sense that we cater our content to that in order to not just use the globally defined definitions of mental health and what they mean, but we are, we're also trying to contextualize it. What does it mean to be depressed in the UAE? What does it mean to suffer from so and so, so within the society? Will the same modes of treatment be applicable? Will we have? Will we require the same approaches? Definitely, and that is amazing work, honestly. And, you know, with all the work that you guys do and with all the work that you do, both as a member of that organization, as a writer, you guys raise awareness and you do a great job at it. And, you know, um, with all with a lot of the conversations that I have with people, you know, just walking you know, with friends and stuff like that, we always talk about raising awareness about it. But we always kind of struggle to know how can we as, you know, not members of um, any organization, or you know, influencers or people with a huge following, people like that. But how can we raise awareness? How can everyone listening, everyone that is just a normal member of their community, of their families, raise awareness to, about mental health and its importance to those around them, not necessarily on you know on TV and stuff like that? Definitely. And to answer your question, I'll use the example of one of my very dear friends, um, and. The way that it is is that it's very subtle and it's not it's not uh, it's not expected but in doing so it's a very simple and small gesture 
but in doing so you're actually raising awareness about mental health so my friend muhammad let's say whenever anybody is mentioning um an unfortunate incident or a good incident where whatever it is the first question he would ask is how does that make you feel and in doing so he's not talking about anxiety he's not talking about depression he's not talking about stigma he's merely lending a safe space to discuss feelings and at the end of the day that is exactly what mental health is about definitely and i think this is something that we all need you know just uh to lash out sometimes or to just get stuff over our chest this is something that actually is funny but it is it literally happened with me yesterday like <clears throat> there were a lot of stuff you know just happening a lot of stress and stuff like that and i found myself texting like my friends and i left them like i would say like a 500 word whatsapp message like i just sent it on the group chat it was just stuff that i was going through and i needed to get off my chest it was stuff that i know wouldn't affect me like you know just stuff that aren't exactly like killing me from the inside but stuff that you just want to talk about and uh get off your chest and for that like you need that safe space so definitely that like, i 1000 percent agree with you sometimes all you need is just to talk and for someone to listen to you definitely and you can do that with your friends with your siblings with your family and it's not just about having that safe space but it's also about paying it forward and lending it so whenever anybody comes to you whether they want to they want to talk about um something they're very happy about or something they're very sad about ask them how does that make you feel um what emotions does that trigger um maybe maybe they wouldn't have noticed how it makes them feel if you didn't ask them that question and at the end of the day it's all about paying it forward it's all it's all about spreading uh positive attitudes amongst us and amongst our peers and that's what uh, mental health um, awareness is all about exactly and you know now Omar, this is how could someone spread awareness as you know just a normal member of the community not necessarily as a, a campaigner like you like yourself or someone that is in a let's just say under the spotlight in one way or another but right now you are making a career out of this and you are making something not even a career but just something bigger than you know just being a normal person uh, talking to their friends or family about it so what would your advice be to someone that is also interested in taking this path to a higher level either by as a writer like yourself or by joining these um uh, organizations also like you do now that's a very difficult question uh but before before i answer it um i wouldn't call it a career for me um i would call it um a purpose this this th- this thing really gives me purpose um before the recording i told you i have no idea what my career is going to be um i really don't know what i want to do um, after finishing university which i just did um but yeah like it's for me it's my purpose and what i want to say to everyone is uh, who is interested in being a mental health uh, advocate is don't don't look at it as your career look at it as your purpose if it's something that is going to make you excited to wake up to every day then yeah it's definitely the path for you uh, because um because it's it's a concept or a topic or a matter that really and really requires you to invest a lot of your emotional mental physical energy and it ha- it has to be justified for you 
it has to make sense for you. Does does it make sense for you to um, to to do all of that every day? If yes, then definitely go for it. In which form you get to decide it. You have to really think between you and yourself. What am I good at? What is my calling in this world? Am I a writer? Am I uh, a producer? Am I a creative? You can be a mental health advocate as an artist, as a speaker, as um, a working professional in your field. You can you can advocate for mental health in every single way that you want. Because believe it or not, all of us are whether we're in, whether we have a large follower base or not. Definitely. Everyone has to play a major role and everyone can play a major role. And I couldn't agree more honestly with what you said. And I don't think I can add anything more to it. Honestly, nothing that I add will give it any more justice. And, you know, now I want to talk to you about some of the work that you do as uh, a writer and a published author. So you have your book called Salvaged. So before we start talking about your writing career and all of that, why don't you tell us a bit more about your book? Um, so... Just a disclaimer, I've been a fan of Arabic poetry for most of my life. English poetry, not so much. Um, the only English poetry that I read was the one that I had to read for school. Um, and it never touched me, it never impacted me as much as Arabic poetry did. But with that being said, um, I've learned in English most of my life. Yeah, like, um, I, I'm, I'm an Arab, I speak Arabic, I learn Arabic and all of that but not to the extent that i've learned english uh, that i've learned english and not uh, with the vocabulary that i've developed in the english language um moving forward uh, i would say i started writing english poetry when i was around 16 17 and it all came as a matter of coincidences that i'm very grateful for so the twitter community which i'm very grateful for uh brought several people into my life um that I follow. Um, all of those people write English poetry and they publish them in their uh, blog, whether it's in their blogs, whether it's Blogspot or WordPress. Um, I'd like to name several of them uh, Shahad Thani, Mohammed Lemhirbi, uh, Maryam Al Zaabi, Sarah Ramithi. They're all amazing uh, poets. And they've had a bigger impact and a more profound impact on myself as a writer, as a poet, than all the writers and the poets that I've learned about um, in school, the classic authors, the, the well-known ones. Um, and uh, I don't know how reading their poetry made me want to experiment with it, made me want to see, maybe I can do this, maybe I'm good at it. And from that point onwards, I was around 16 or 17. Uh, I would say 17, actually. It was my, yeah, 17, my last year in school. I started experimenting with poetry. I started writing more English poetry um, up until my first year in university. Um, back to coincidences, the same time my uh, our editor-in-chief at Sale e Magazine also founded a publishing house called Sale Publishing, which also is invested in, um, in, uh, in electronic publishing through Kindle, iBooks, um, so on and so forth, and also the first in the UAE to do so. Um, and that's where, and that's the platform that I chose to publish my book. Um, after that period, I would say I'm very much disassociated from English poetry. 
I'm very much disassociated from the poetry that I've written. Um, I don't know, like everything I've written in the past, I wouldn't say I don't relate to it as much, but I feel like it spoke about a different version of myself and that I don't, that I love, but I don't recognize anymore. And uh, yeah, it's all about new beginnings and new languages, maybe. <laughs> I mean, that's really interesting to hear because uh, I mean, I, th- I guess this is um, basically a living representation of, you know, your growth as a writer and obviously as a person with your character and how like you went into a different direction with mental health and everything. And, you know, other than just publishing books and everything, you are also a columnist. Columnist, did I say it correctly? I think so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, as a writer, you have written many great articles and you've published them in a lot of the most prestigious uh, news outlets here in the region and in the country, like the national. So what would you say to an aspiring writer that wants to take their work and um, their journey as a writer to the next level? Because, you know, a lot of people start their own blogs, like you were saying, on WordPress and all that stuff. A lot of people would always start their own Instagram pages where they would write, you know, poetry or just articles about stuff that are on their mind and about current events. But it never really elevates or gets to the next level where you grow as um you know, a writer, either by publishing books or publishing articles like you did. So what would you say to them? Like, how can they also elevate their own path? Definitely. Um, I would say, I I would say my advice would come in two forms. The first or two phases, sorry, I'd repeat this part. I would say my advice would come in two phases. Um, The first phase is taking small steps at um, improving or, um, sharpening your skill and your passion um and that's through like taking writing courses um or diversifying your the format of your writing um or being a member of a writing group where you share um, where you share your pieces with one with one another and receiving feedback um that's actually um that's actually how i started my poetry journey by being a member of a writing group we used to call ourselves uh, writers anonymous now we call ourselves less than three just don't ask why we're called less than three um but the second phase i would say is it's very powerful to publish for your own self whether through a pub, uh, through a blog or um, your instagram page but i would say you really have to take that big leap of faith and publish at um, a platform it's very valuable to have a brand supporting you, a brand like a newspaper or a, a magazine or an online page, uh, because not only are you gaining from the value of that name or the value of that brand, but you're also gaining from the experience that they have. They're not going to publish, it's very, it's highly unlikely that they will publish whatever you give them without editing it. So you're going to gain a lot from that editing, um, that editorial process and which will benefit you in all of your writing pursuits in the future. Definitely. You just you have to pursue it, you know. It's very unlikely that the National or Golf News or these are to come knocking on your door and say, hey, we want articles from you. You have to take that leap of faith and you have to trust yourself and trust your work and know that it's not going to be perfect from the first time, like you were saying with the editing process. It doesn't have they to be will perfect. Edit it. Exactly. It doesn't and have to be perfect. You, you it has to be honest. That yeah absolutely definitely. and 
and you will learn from it. And, you know, this actually kind of touches up on a point that I wanted to talk about next, which is uh, mistakes. Because, you know, as a writer and as someone that has written for a lot of a lot of the greatest outlets here in the region, you're bound to make mistakes, either as a writer or as a mental health advocate or just anything that you do in your life. So what were some of the mistakes that you made along your journey that you think people can learn from? I wouldn't call them mistakes. I'll call them lessons. And the biggest lesson I took from my past several years is, and this extends both to my writing career and my personal life as well, uh, not believing in myself, not um, believing in the value of my work. And I would say I stayed away from many opportunities, many opportunities uh, to publish my work or other professional opportunities because I didn't have enough faith in myself as a writer or as a working professional or whatever it may be. And I wouldn't say I regret it. I'm happy because I learned from that experience. But I wouldn't want any other person in the same in the same position as myself to allow the negative train of self-doubt and negative self-belief to prevent uh, to prevent you from um, from pursuing opportunities that they are capable of and they are going to do an amazing job at. So whenever you recognize yourself as having um, low self-esteem or negative self-belief or um, in piling self-doubt at the quality of your work, I want you to acknowledge it and I want you to rationalize it and then let it go and pursue whatever opportunity it is that you're too fearful or too doubtful of pursuing. Exactly. If you're not going to believe in yourself, then why should anyone else believe in you? It is not easy, but you have to do it. Yeah, definitely. People should believe in you. People should believe in you, whether you believe in yourself or not. But people's belief in you will not matter as much if it's not stemming from within. Definitely. Definitely. Now, you know, we've covered the mistakes. We've covered some of the challenges where you mentioned them earlier. And we've spoken about your path as a writer. Now, let's talk a bit about the future as we're getting closer to signing off. What does the future hold for you? I have to say, um, I'm really grateful for all the opportunities that have come my way and for all the, for all the opportunities that I've pursued um, throughout the years. Um, I've grown to really, I've grown to really appreciate the journey rather than the end destination. Um, right now, um, in the coming weeks, I'm going to be enrolled in the National Service. Following that, um, following that one year and four months, I'm not entirely sure what, what uh, opportunities come my way, but I'm really passionate about having a career that, that merges both my interests in academia and public service in whichever shape or form it may be. Oh, that, that's incredible. And um, honestly, I think this is a much better answer than saying, I have, uh, I'm going to do this in a year, I'm going to do this in two years, I'm going to go work in that. Because, you know, it's nice to have an idea over what you want to do. And I personally find this better than knowing exactly what you want the future to hold for you. You know, because uh, you never know what's going to happen, right? You might think that this is something that you want to pursue. And then all of a sudden, a pandemic hits like we're happening right now. And you have no idea what's going to happen literally the next week, let alone in a year or two. And I honestly wish you all the best of luck with all of that. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You're most welcome. 
And now before I let you go, I have one last question for you. And this is the personal favorite question of mine. And this is a question that I definitely did not steal from any other talk show or anything like that. You've never heard anyone ask this question. So as Omar Al-Awiz, how would you describe yourself in just three words? Um, passionate, energetic, believer. Wow. And on that note, once again, Omar, thank you so much for joining me. Honestly, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you and to talk about all the incredible work they do as a mental health advocate. And I honestly urge everyone to check your work, check the organization that you work for, because this is a topic that is insanely important and something that we should all take the step to learn more about and to talk more about. So thank you so much. And I genuinely wish you the best of luck in all of your future endeavors. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor talking with you and getting to know you. And thank you for having such an amazing platform that is for the youth and by the youth. God knows how much um, the youth community needs it. Thank you so much. And I, I'm, I'm really glad. Uh, I, I'm really glad that the platform is doing what I've always envisioned and dreamt that it would do because there's a lot of gold in the youth community. And I hope that this podcast that i think of as just a very silly project of me talking through a mic with people that are absolutely incredible at what they do i just hope it does even the slightest bit of improvement and helps or add value to people's lives because in the end of the day this is the end goal regardless of views or downloads or anything value is the most important thing on the planet of course and i'm sure you guys are gonna reach an amazing new heights uh, uh, because you're so passionate about your work once again, thank you for tuning in and I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at the Ali or follow the podcast so you can know when the next episode is out. Peace.